Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, compassionate caregivers. I am Katie Anderson, and together with Martha Tyler, we are the hosts of the Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. We believe the most profound impact we can have on the lives of children is by supporting, educating, and caring for the people who care for these children. And that is you. Today, Martha is not with us because this is a short baby episode with just me. Let's get started. Hello, you beautiful, wonderful, compassionate caregivers, and welcome to another short episode of Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. I am Katie. Martha is not with us today as this is a little baby episode. And today we're talking about healthy sleep habits for little babies or small children. We have talked a lot last episode about creating healthy sleep habits for you as the caregiver. And a lot of that is modeled to the children in your life. And that is very valuable. However, there are some different protocols or routines you can implement with children that are effective for them. Let me start this special episode by saying what a ironic day to record this. What a coincidence because my baby has been struggling to sleep today and I am overtired as is my baby. Now my baby's six weeks they're going through, the baby's going through a growth spurt. So that's quite possibly why she wants to eat all day and she wants to fall asleep nursing. So that is tricky. Uh, but that is something that we are currently experiencing. How coincidental that today was the plan to record this. So let's start with relevant fact in my life. Number one, an overtired baby struggles to go to sleep. That is not something that makes a lot of logical sense. A lot of times we think if you're really tired, you'll go right to sleep and you'll be very peacefully sleeping all the way through the night. Actually, children and infants and adults who are overtired struggle to fall asleep. And you want to make sure that you're providing a peaceful environment for sleeping, setting yourself up for success by making sure that naps are available to the children in your lives during the day. So it seems counterintuitive, but allowing your child to nap during the day will really actually help them fall asleep faster and sleep better during the nighttime. I think most people know you're supposed to put your baby to sleep on their back. Um, And a lot of people are concerned about spoiling your baby. You're not going to spoil your baby if you cuddle or rock your baby. Um, You're not going to spoil your baby if they fall asleep nursing. That's very normal. Um, Some people are wanting to break the habit, but if it works for you and your family, it works for you and your family. That's a sleep routine you've created. And if it's okay with the people inside your household and it's safe, you don't need to change it. So if you rock your child until they fall asleep and carry them to bed, that's okay. You might not be able to do that forever, but when they're older, they might not need that. You can transition to a new sleep routine. A lot of people ask about... Um, different habits like, do I need a humidifier? Do I need um, certain light or noise in the room? That's really up to the baby and you. Um, Creating an environment that has uh, predictable sounds and sights is very helpful. So once you start to learn your child's preferences or what helps them fall asleep, you're going to want to make that consistent. So if there's a CD 
that your child falls asleep to every night, that's your bedtime routine. If there's a white noise machine and a specific white noise helps them to feel peaceful, that's that child's bedtime routine. You're creating that right now. Is it okay to let a child have a pacifier to fall asleep? This is something I felt nervous about because I don't want my baby to accidentally choke at night. I tend to not give the baby the pacifier at night. Um, During the nap times, I'll allow it. Or if it's like six to eight in the morning when she's going back to sleep after another nursing, I will usually give her that for a little bit and it'll help her settle back in. Most babies, the pacifier will just drop right out of their mouth. I like to watch because I'm afraid that the pacifier might break. And so that I tend to be very careful of that time period um, when I allow her to have it while I might be asleep. Infants have different sleep habits when they're really little than they do when they are between four and 12 months. So a lot of people talk about sleep training your child. You actually don't need to sleep train a child. Uh, It is a biological process. You can just learn to associate. It's okay if you do that, but if it's not working for you or your child or it's causing you and your child undue stress and hardship, consider freeing yourself from that experience. Also, a lot of parents and caregivers don't realize that infants under four months do not actually have the brain architecture in place to have a sleep-wake cycle that is predictable. They can't differentiate day from night. Also, I don't think their bodies start making melatonin until they're three months old. So a lot of babies who are breastfed are actually getting melatonin from the mother's breast milk at night. The composition of breast milk changes throughout the day, and that's why children or infants, excuse me, get drowsy um, when they are nursing at nighttime. It helps them fall asleep. So that is a very normal uh, reaction that these infants are having. Now, when children are older, you might be wondering about what you can do to help support their differentiation between day and night. You want to keep daytime naps kind of bright. You don't need to shut out all the light in the room. You want to continue your regular noise downstairs or being as regularly um, busy or bucolic as you normally are during the day. And it's okay to let your children sleep in different spaces if they're tired. So if you're driving and you're child falls asleep in the car, let them. If you are at grandma's for a visit and it's not the normal nap time, but they do fall asleep, it's okay. Because when your body needs sleep, it needs sleep. A lot of times children have a consistent nap routine, but a lot of times they don't as well. There are different types of body rhythms and some children do not have predictable body rhythms, but it does not mean that they do not need that sleep that their body is asking them for. Sleep helps us to have strong immune systems, to have fresher thoughts, and it helps us to develop. We do a lot of our um, development while we are asleep, and our body does a lot of its protective mechanisms while you're sleeping. In fact, your brain, this is a fun science fact for anybody who loves uh, human body knowledge, your brain clears out toxins at twice the rate when you're asleep than when you are awake. So when you think about how groggy and foggy you feel when you really need a nap, and then you take a quick 10-minute eye close or 20-minute eye close, and suddenly you feel refreshed like you can think clearly again, perhaps that's part of the experiences your brain was clearing out those toxins at that time. When you're setting up a sleep routine for a toddler, similar things still apply. You want to create routines where um, the baby is going to be 
predicting what happens next. This toddler knows we brush teeth, we play for 20 minutes, we read a book, and then lights out. Or we give a hug and a kiss, we sing a song, mom lays with me for five minutes, and then it's lights out. Whatever it is, try to make it consistent. If you want to ask for feedback from your child, that's a great way to give them power and autonomy over the process and keep them from fighting you uh, over the bedtime routine. You want to keep any types of nighttime disturbances um, to a minimum if you can, obviously. But if they're getting up to do something or they need help, you want to not interact very much. It's not a time to socialize. You're going to try to help them meet their need and then go ahead and let them get back to sleep. So if this is a infant who's breastfeeding or formula feeding, you're going to wake up with them. You're going to feed them. You're not going to do a lot of talking. Don't turn on all the lights. Leave it dark and dim and then help them go back to sleep. If this is a toddler and they're potty training, you're going to go with them to the bathroom. Again, use of a nightlight. Maybe don't turn on all the lights if you can um, avoid it. Allow them to go to the bathroom, help them back to bed. I've had lots of questions about transitioning children from a crib to a big kid bed. Um, Something that helps for the children who just keep getting out of their bed or keep leaving their room. Something that I've employed when I was a nanny, I did a lot of overnight sits for families when the parents would leave town, is the children like to sleep with their door open. Most children enjoy that. It makes them feel safe. And that is great. A lot of times before I leave the room of a child that I would be watching, I would say, it's time for bed. I'm going to be downstairs if you need me or wherever you're going to be. I'm going to be in your parents' room if you need me. I'm going to be in the guest room if you need me. And then you're going to tell them what they can do if they need to find you. So a lot of times if I was doing an overnight sit, I would say, if the door to the guest room is closed, I am in there if you need me in the middle of the night. If the door to the guest room is open, I am downstairs. And that way you know where to find me. That helps the child to feel secure. It helps them to feel like they know where to go if they need you, and that's going to help them to relax. Now, if you have a child who keeps leaving the room, a lot of times it's anxiety or avoidance, trying to get um, out of having to go to bed. You can say to them, which is a tool I used pretty frequently and was very, very helpful, I'd say, it's time for bed. Would you like me to leave your door open or closed? Typically, the children say, I want you to leave it open because they want to hear you because it makes them feel safe. And then I would say, okay, that sounds good. If it seems like you're having trouble remembering that it's time to go to bed because you're coming out of your room, I'll help you remember by shutting the door. And that usually helps a child go, oh, I don't want that. You've set the expectation. And usually it doesn't take very many nights for the child to realize they don't want to get out of bed because they want their door open. Additionally, Uh, Children who are nervous to go to sleep or dealing with big fears, a lot of times I say something like, "Uh, I love you, I hope you have a nice night, or good night, I hope you sleep tight. I'm going to be downstairs keeping you safe until your parents get home. So if you're a nanny or a babysitter, you can say something like that, and that helps them to feel relaxed. Or if you're the parent, you can say, good night, and I love you, and I'm going to be here to help keep you safe. That can help to nip some of the fears in the bud because a lot of times what you're really dealing with at bedtime is separation anxiety. And if we don't acknowledge that feeling of fearfulness and that feeling of insecurity about their safety, it's going to be very hard for them to relax. 
when your toddler is older um, or your child is older and more into a toddler, naps that are too late in the day can start to affect bedtime sleeping. So you want to help them space out their sleep windows more appropriately. You also want to make sure, just like we talked about for the caregivers, having time to decompress before bed. You can't go from wild and playing um, right into now you're supposed to be asleep. You need time without screens. You need time where it's quiet and calm. Maybe there's music. Maybe there's dim light. Maybe you have a diffuser running so that it smells nice. Don't uh, overestimate, underestimate, excuse me. Don't underestimate the power of um, sense when you are helping to associate your child with bedtime. I have a special spray that I was using anytime I couldn't sleep. I would put it on. It would make me feel relaxed. It's like a body roller. And I would put it on. It would put me right to sleep almost, just breathing this air that had been scented by this. Um, Something that Martha recommends is monster spray for children who have big fears at night. The child, it's just a spray bottle full of usually water and a scented oil. And the child can walk around and spray it around the room in places where they feel afraid that there might be a monster. It helps them to feel powerful. You can get clocks that help children to know when they can and cannot come out of their bedroom. Uh, You can help them to understand through the setting of these clocks, they change color. So if it's yellow, you can get up and play in your room quietly. And if it's red, you're supposed to be in bed. If it's green, you can come outside. This is something that's very easy and simple. If you're a nanny, you can ask the nanny family to provide it. If it's your family, you can provide it. If you don't want to do that, you can try papers outside of the bedroom door, but you have to be very consistent. If you're going to do it manually, you have to be very, very consistent. Because the child, as soon as they don't believe you that you're going to be reliable, they are going to start questioning you a lot. And children already question us a lot, so keep in mind, You don't want to add fuel to that fire. You want them to trust you to feel like you are going to be reliable. So if it was me, I would be sure to forget. So I would make sure to use a clock or some kind of tool that can replace my brain power because you're a busy and compassionate caregiver and you have other things to think about besides changing a little paper sign outside of a child's door. Remember that you are the adult. The child is going to push back at times, and that's going to be difficult. But if you set a firm boundary and the boundary doesn't move, the child is less likely to push on that boundary. It is their job to test boundaries. They are learning everything about this world at every moment of the day. And it is your job to give them opportunities to choose when they have an opportunity to choose and tell them that this is what is expected when that is what is expected. Um, Making sure the room is a positive environment is also really helpful and making sure that you're ending your night with the child or the nap time, uh, approaching nap time with the child on a positive note helps. If the child gets a sense that you cannot wait to be away from them, even if that's how you're feeling, that is going to be very difficult for the child to go to bed because you're very important to them. Separation is difficult. And if they feel like you don't love them, you are bored of them, you're frustrated with them, you just cannot wait to get out of there so you can have five minutes of time to yourself or eat a snack or go to sleep or um, talk to your partner, they are going to put up a fight because it feels bad to have the most important person in the world to you or one of the two or one of the three not want to be with you. So take time to 
establish a routine of connection. Something I like to do with the children that I have nannied for in the past is to ask them the best, worst, and most surprising part of their day. This is something I like to do with adults too. It's just a fun way to connect. Everybody has a best part, a worst part, and a most surprising part, even if you haven't had a good or a bad or a surprising day. There's always something that is the most of those three things. That can give you a chance to connect. It can give your child a sense of what to expect. And it makes them feel like you guys have had an opportunity to really talk. Because sometimes you'd be surprised how little we actually have time to do that with the children that we care for. Some of the stuff also is obvious. Don't give your children something that has caffeine in it before bed. Most people are like, Katie, I wouldn't give my child coffee or tea before bed. That's crazy. But would you give them soda? Would you give them a piece of chocolate? Chocolate actually has a surprising amount of caffeine in it. Uh, So I would avoid that before bedtime as well. If you do desserts, great. Try something that does not have chocolate related to it. Um, we have talked about avoiding screens and although that children are going to push this, it is okay to set a time limit to say, we, sorry, we missed our screen time today. We're not going to be able to do it before bed. And it's okay to tell them why, to tell them that it's not, it's not going to help you fall asleep. And my job right now is to help you fall asleep. Now, if you are sleep deprived or suffering from just complete exhaustion, It's a good chance you're doing that because your children are doing that too. So if your child is really, really cranky, they're probably not getting enough sleep during the day. Uh, If they are struggling to separate from you, that is something that's a real feeling. And try to, again, connect with them, give them a cuddle, give them power over the bedtime routine. That will really help them. Now, if you're struggling with nightmares, trying to make your child feel powerful is a really important tool you can have here. When I was little, I used to have this really crazy nightmare that a lady was running around trying to cut out my spine so she could have my spine. And that was the nightmare I had repeatedly. I used to go down to my parents' room and stay in the bed with them until they said, you can't do that anymore. And so I remember I would go upstairs and I had two pillows. I had, I called them my mommy pillow and my daddy pillow. And I put them behind my back when I went to sleep and That is something that I still would do even into my 20s, and I realized I was still doing it. Um, It's just a comforting thing. It makes me feel safe. So something you can do for your children, you can set them up that way by saying, oh, I know you love to snuggle with me. Here's a pillow that we can call your mommy pillow. You can set them up with a stuffed animal that will be their watchdog. Maybe it is a dog uh, stuffed animal to help keep them safe. You can use the monster spray. Um, if your child is really, really struggling, it might be good um, to have a doctor's opinion on it. It could be night terrors, and that's really, really scary. Um, that you'll seem significantly different than a regular nightmare. The child will be pretty inconsolable at times. Um, sleepwalking is something you should talk to a doctor about. If your child is sounding like they're struggling to breathe, I would also check in with your doctor. So let's sum up what we said here. You want to make sure your baby and your infant or your toddler is getting enough sleep. Basically, you want to try to calm them down before bed, create a routine that helps their brain to know it's time to go to sleep. 
People recommend putting your child down when they're drowsy and awake, but I will tell you a lot of times that doesn't work, um, especially in the beginning. You can keep trying. I think that's wonderful if you can self-soothe. Some children don't go to sleep that way. I don't know if you're familiar with contact naps for infants. That is another really popular thing that people are discussing. Contact naps are when the child will only sleep on you. I have a daytime contact napper as a baby. It is rare that she will let me set her down during the day and fall asleep. I usually have to wear her for her afternoon nap, and she usually naps for about two hours. So if you have a contact napper or a baby that won't sleep laying down during certain times of the day, that is okay. Consider how to prepare yourself and your baby for success. Go to the bathroom beforehand. If you are what they call nap trapped, where the baby has fallen asleep on you or toddler has fallen asleep on you, make sure that wherever you're about to be nap trapped, because usually it's a specific location most of the time, has things that you need, your phone, your water, it has snacks available, it has remotes, it has a book, whatever it is you need, make sure it's right next to you. And I am speaking from experience because my baby is nursing all the time. Six to eight hours a day, we're there, and sometimes she falls asleep right after. So that's a long time to be seated in one specific area of the house. Prepare yourself. It will make your life so much easier. Um, Again, just touching back on the pacifier, if your baby is struggling to settle down, that can really, really help. Sucking is soothing to infants and toddlers. And there has been studies that show that it reduces the risk of SIDS. Likewise, breastfeeding reduces the risk of SIDS. The children wake up more during the night, and that can be really frustrating. But it is also valuable in that it is protecting your child because they're waking up more frequently because they are hungry or thirsty. All of this is to say that what is working for you and your family, as long as it is safe, it is working. Do not feel that you have to prescribe a set of expectations that are based off of recommendations for a generic baby in a generic family. You have a specific baby, a specific child in your specific family. It is okay to set your own expectations. I hope that you have freedom and liberty and guidance to do what works for you and your family. If you're the nanny, it will be harder to do that because it's not your specific family, but you can offer a lot of powerful suggestions and I recommend that you do so. There are lots and lots of resources that you can look at for guidance and further information. I really, really think that seeking out more information is always helpful. You guys are kind, compassionate, wonderful caregivers, and we absolutely love having you in our community. If you have any more questions or concerns, please reach out to us at hello at compassionatechildcare.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great week. The Compassionate Caregiver Podcast is produced and hosted by Katie Anderson and Martha Tyler. If you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, please consider becoming a Patreon member. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Compassionate Caregiver Pod and on Twitter at C Childcare LLC. To contact us, email hello at compassionatechildcare.com. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you.